With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's get this out of the way. Um, same old thing as always. Uh, sucks. Eagle, End of podcast. Patrick Lear, Ben Snyder. Uh, Marquette with an excruciating defeat to St. John's on Saturday to the point where I didn't feel doing a podcast yesterday I would have any original thoughts about this team. Um, I feel the loss on Saturday, Saturday. kind of sounds like a combination of Seton Hall, the Seton Hall loss, which was largely uncompetitive throughout and had a helter-skelter finish where they kind of got close. And the DePaul loss in its gutting patheticness on paper. Um, ben, I did not watch the game at any point. Um, nice. Kind of out of, I do not want to do this to myself. Um, that said, I followed the game for its entirety on Twitter and basically... Know what happened. Basically the same thing, honestly. Yeah, uh, I I basically read all the tweets as it was happening, and so I could tell what was going on and you know how it was happening, and was getting texts from people about it, and essentially feel like I know what happened, um, <laughs> very clearly. Um, but yeah, I mean, another really difficult loss in. And another loss where the team just completely did not function for such a long period of time that the game became non-competitive and they showed urgency far too late um, and made the game a game again, only to, of course, excruciatingly come up short at the end. So it's very odd that this game the Seton Hall Senior Day game and the Road Villanova game all follow essentially the exact same game script, which is not the type of consistency that we were hoping for at the beginning of the year. This is a consistency of the team sucks for 15 minutes and then some slight change happens and they go bonkers for the last portion of the game, but it's far too little and far too late. The the change for the Villanova game, I think that wait was that a Kobe game? Was that a hashtag late game Kobe hashtag clutch uh, game? Was that the, one of them or did I make that up? Which one? The the loss or the win? The loss. Um. Ooh, I don't remember Kobe McEwen being good in that game. Uh, he had 12 points, so I'm assuming not. No, I don't think that that was that game. Anyway, I don't know what the change was, so we'll just assume that I'm right there or something like that. Uh, the weird change in the Seton Hall 
loss was a combination of a two big lineup and Seton Hall missing the front end of four different one and ones. Yeah. And St. John's change was a shift to the small ball lineup. He's doing so, it so late. Why is he doing it every time? Like the Seton Hall thing too. Why is he only trying this when it's a 23 point game or something? I don't like, know. Maybe he just really likes the JoJo song too little too late. It, okay. Wow. Um, that was a fantastic reference, and no, I was it wasn't. so proud it was of that. No, so forced. Um, <laughs> it, it's so. Here's part of the problem. Um, it's like he's so scared to try anything controversial until it doesn't matter anymore, and that's not the point of adjustments. Yeah. It's like, do something that you can actually affect immediate change with. Yeah. It's like he's watching the TV ratings, and once it gets below a certain point, he's like. All right, now we can try something here. I also should say that informing sort of my anger there is I've decided that if there is a financial way to make it happen, I'm out. I I think I think that's kind of what I've been saying all along. Um, As in out on the Wojo train? Yes. Okay. I think that's what I've been, what you and I have been saying all along is yeah. we understand the opinion, but the um, the financial realities don't dictate it being possible. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of been. Am I summarizing our point right? I feel like that's been our point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, and I am now. I feel like I've sort of accelerated to financial assistance should be solicited. Ooh. Okay. But I don't know. I, I don't pretend to know anything about who sort of the, the people with the deep pockets that care about Marquette basketball are. Um, yeah, I don't either. But I, but that's the obstacle for me is the money because the, Generally, the university cannot be expected to fire the coach that they just gave a lucrative extension to and then come up with the money for that. Plus hire a new coach, pay him just as much, presumably if you're shooting for a coach that is above that standard um, or that won't grow into it on the job. um, Like is a possibility, but not um, necessarily guaranteed if you pick sort of a more low-level option. Um, regardless, the situation needs money. But I am now sort of where maybe a week ago I was probably in the camp of guys like don't even talk about it. It's not worth talking about because it's so not a possibility and I wouldn't want to see what would happen to the university financially if they were to try to undertake something like that. I'm I'm now if I th- I sent a text to my um to my uh, f- friend group chat that mostly touches on market basketball this time of year that mm-hmm. said we need Marcus Lemonis to pay Wojo's buyout. Ooh. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not uh as in tuned on the money situation as uh as one should be in a situation like this uh, my 
Rory has generally been uh, the crop of up-and-coming coaches was mostly taken apart after last year with uh, Mike Young going to Washington State, Okay, I think. No, that's and, not true. Mike Young did not go to Washington State. Mike Young go. went to Virginia Tech. Um, You're right. Washington State uh, Ohio, Kyle Smith from US, USF. Um, that's right, yeah. Another sorry, you said the name Mike really Young, like. and I need to cut you off because I need to get my Nathan Hoover point into the podcast. Oh, yes, please. I talked to you about this today. Wofford is on in the background right now. Oh, are they really? How are they doing? Uh, they are down four to East Tennessee State in the SoCon Championship. Yeah, okay. I want Wofford to win. Anyway, uh, Wofford, a team that last year I had, outside of Marquette University, I had two teams that I was utterly fascinated by and watched a ton of. And it was University of Virginia, one of my favorite non-Marquette, non-Duke when I was younger, uh, college basketball teams I have ever watched last year and was gratified that they won the title and Wofford and Nathan Hoover was Wofford's number two player last year. Fletcher McGee was, had, has the most three pointers in NCAA history. He got all the headlines on that team. Nathan Hoover was a super, super credible number two option next to him who shot 47 and a half percent from three on nearly 200 attempts, which was the percentage was 11th in the nation, but I'm sure, and I haven't gone back and looked at this specific thing, but I'm sure he had a lot more attempts than some of the people that are higher up that list. So he had an elite college shooting season last year, and he is shooting 29% from three point this year with 20 less attempts than Marcus Howard. It's nuts. It is the most ridiculous shooting year-to-year regression I think I have ever seen. It, it honestly might be one of the most ridiculous statistical year-to-year regressions I've ever seen in any sport. Because That's not even a regression. That's just like forgetting how to shoot. It feels impossible. It's not like a player that is flukishly good becomes bad again. It, this guy has been... He's had like a consistent trajectory as a shooter and he's just forgotten how to shoot, but hasn't stopped. Yeah. It's crazy. And he's he's, won, Marcus, he's won a four tonight so far. Marcus, I, I got kind of conflicting numbers from uh, basketball reference and um, uh, Ken Palm about Hoover's number of attempts, but he was somewhere between 260 and 270. And Marcus mm-hmm. is like at 290. Yeah. And this man is shooting 29%. If Marcus – Marcus is shooting, what, 43%, I think, this year? I'm pretty sure, from three. It's pretty good. Yeah, uh, 41 and a half. So if Marcus was shooting below 40%, I feel like the entire fan base would riot and tell Wojo, this is why the Housers transferred, like, over and over again. Well, they already are saying that. Well, they are doing that. They are doing that. No, but, like, it would be, like, the prevailing thing is, like, yelling at Wojo to tell Marcus to stop shooting threes. It would yeah. That would just be everyone's thing. And this guy is shooting 29% with 29. the same, like, attempt rate. It is so absurd. It's very absurd. I don't that. understand this. This was, like, the most – and I'm, I apologize for going on a Wofford tangent at the top of our podcast – but you said Mike Young, 
And so I had to get that in because that was one of the most ridiculous stats I've ever seen in sports today. Anyway, yeah. your point was that my general point young coaches dried up. Yeah, there is well, there are two coaches, one of which I kind of want to follow up on after next year, and that is Craig Smith at Utah State. I promise it's not just because they won the Mountain West Conference. I was very high on them to start off the year and they've been pretty good. I I really 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 like his offensive system. Um but the way he handled the Nemeskeda injury situation at the beginning of the year to the media would remind some fans of the way Wojo has handled the media because Craig Smith would be like intentionally vague and would promise weird things about his return and it kind of struck me the wrong way um but the other name that i really want to throw out there as a hope basically i hope that he's either picked up by marquette this year or he's staying at this school for another couple years until the boosters get their wits about them is Chris Jans at New Mexico State. Dude, oh man, I almost said Chris Jans after you said Utah State because I am a hashtag Chris Stan. Oh, I see. So you yeah, did that. yeah, that's a good one. So he was I I wish I could be like, oh, I discovered this guy on my own, but I knew him because he was the assistant coach at Wichita State and essentially one of the purveying forces of the hashtag play angry system. And he ended up at Bowling Green and had to leave for some slightly problematic reasons, which is something that we would have to deal with. But he came back to Wichita State for a couple years, gave great results, and has been at New Mexico State for the last two years now, I want to say. Two or three years. And has just dominated the whack that has had some decent teams. Utah Valley last year was a halfway decent team as well as Grand Canyon. And I think he's only lost one game in conference play in his time there. And he's had to deal with like a ton of injuries this year as well. So he's handled the core of the team well. And I really like what he's done in terms of like the effective depth that he has and his defensive system and, so that's a general name to watch and something that we should be crossing our fingers that no one scoops him up before we start looking at a new coach. Interesting. So, but yeah. That's my coaches to look for tangent, but also like the like the field was a lot more it was a lot more fruitful last year, a couple years ago, so there's not a whole lot of like mid-major, up-and-coming, but also somewhat established coaches to yeah. look for right now. So, I it's a think weird thing. at in at any rate, this is not a super realistic conversation. Um, Correct. In any way, I just don't. It's hypothetical. I, yeah, I mean they're gonna make the tournament probably ninety-five percent chance to make the tournament. Yeah. Um. And they'll have a toss-up game. They'll likely be uh in a seven-ten matchup, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, or an eight-nine, even maybe. 
Uh, and so they'll have a toss-up game, and if they win the toss-up game, they'll have a game where they have pretty much nothing to lose. Yeah. So and, and, it and could and it and could and change and that and fast, and is what I'm saying, because doing that would have such an impact. I feel. Yeah. Just to quickly reiterate to fans that might be worried about tournament implications from these losses. So bracket matrix, as much as it somewhat encourages groupthink, and as much as they average out, like they treat opinions that aren't necessarily as well founded as equally as the top dogs. Um, there are 112 sources that they draw from, and last time I checked, every single one of them has Marquette safely in the field. If there was any danger um, of them not being in the field, it would be, like, in the 90s or something like that. Just to slightly update that statement, um, yes, it's up to 122, um, and... Marquette is in all of the, all 122 brackets that Bracket Matrix is taking into account, um, and a loss to Seton Hall is not really damaging. It's a good, it's I mean it's objectively a quote unquote good loss because Seton Hall's a top 15 net team or something like that. Um, I think Kamar Baldwin eliminated any chance Marquette was a bubble a bubble team um, on Sunday. Yeah, shout out Kamar. That first of all, that finish was sick. Um, yeah, Kamar is great. Kamar is an absolute killer. Najee Marshall is a kind of player that I wish Wojo had mm-hmm. because I don't. I have, don't think I've ever seen a Steve Wojciechowski team that knows what to do when you need to make a shot on a winning possession. And mm-hmm. Najee Marshall would really eliminate that uh, factor because really. It's hilarious how essentially it's give the ball to Najee Marshall is is Xavier's plan and it works so often. He was the one who made the game tying three in the yes. Okay. Yep. I, I want to make sure stupid, it was in the stupid up. game. The very stupid game. Yeah. One of the many stupid games Marquette has played in. Also, to put a little bit of a capper on your point about Marquette not being a bubble team, um, Marquette's the top nine seed on Bracket Matrix right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Lenardi is, first of all, I don't know what he's thinking. A high-profile bracketologist, but not a statistically great one. A statistically good yeah. one, but not a statistically great one. Yeah, um, perfectly fine bracketologist. Perfectly fine bracketologist with a hilarious smile and a tendency, and a now a enviable tendency to be in a bunker for the month of March. Which yeah, they've really, looking they've like really a great decision so this year. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. he's got social isolation down. Yeah, he's, got, he's ahead PFT of us commentary. on the coronavirus. Yeah, I stole that from PFT commentary. I, I, I all all credit to PFT commentary for that joke. It's okay. Um, but yeah, Marquette's the top nine seed on Bracket Matrix. Um, it, you know, in the range of um, like right next to Providence in in Bracket Matrix, which is kind of interesting. It's so and, odd thinking about how far Providence has come. Yeah, it is. Especially considering, like, after they beat Marquette originally, they went on a skit of their own, and I had essentially kind of kicked them out. Like, I was like, okay, right. they're not for real. This is just, like, as Bruton Andy likes to 
say a dead cat bounce. Right. Also not his own saying. It is odd, but but it feels in hindsight, it feels a lot more it feels better, right? Like in hindsight, it feels like more like what you thought Providence was. In mm-hmm. Providence losing those three games to I think it was College of Charleston, Long Beach, and uh Oh, I'm going to remember the third one. I don't remember the third one. I don't remember the third one either. Um, I had the first it was another video. bad team. Uh, maybe Pepperdine? I don't know. Was it Boston anyway, College? It was bad. Okay, that yeah, yeah. that losing streak did not feel like this team, and especially now that Pipkins has really picked it up in the last month, this feels more like what Providence is supposed to have been. Yeah, this is kind of what we were expecting at the – beginning of the year so um Credit to them of, for turning it up we're kind of all over the place um let's uh take a break and come back and talk about seton hall okay um i'm excited about this basketball game look at that you might be, that might be you a, might be the only one that might be a controversial opinion um i now that these two horrible losses are out of the way, there's just absolutely no expectations. There's no expectations. You can't, you cannot possibly in any way expect Marquette to win this game. I do. And yet, and yet, Ken Palm makes Seton Hall a one-point favorite on Thursday. A one-point favorite. And, and, Despite the fact that Marquette was completely drubbed for the better part of 30 minutes against Seton Hall on senior day. Okay. Marquette. Urgency Marquette. Not like whatever it was for 30 minutes when Seton Hall shot 65% and Marquette just didn't have any life. Like the urgency that Marquette showed, they they can they can put put something into these guys. They can really they can be competitive with Seton Hall. The the one thing others. the one thing that worries me about the matchup in general is um a large Georgian man um by the name of Sandro Mamakalashvili who is not really guardable uh by Marquette. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the best defender for Sandro is Theo John. With Mark, Jace yeah. on Gill. Like, I, I could be convinced of that. Or like maybe even like Bailey on Gill. I, I no, you, I mean, no, because you have to play. No, you can't do that. You have to play. <laughs> if Gill is on the court or Obiagu is on the court, and Mamakalashvili is on the court with one of those two. You have to play whoever your tallest not center is on Mamakalashvili. So I expect Marquette to play a fair amount of two center looks um, to slow Mamakalashvili defensively. I will offer. Defensively. I will offer this counterpoint against Creighton, a team who is noticeably tiny. Mamakalashvili went 3 of 10 from the floor and 1 of 3 from 
beyond the arc. So he was two of seven from inside the arc with presumably Damian Jefferson and Denzel Mahoney on him. Yep. Those are tough guys. That's but true. They are not particularly well. So what I would say about Denzel Mahoney and Damian Jefferson is Jamal Kane is not them. Um, Jamal Kane is has really struggled with physical power forwards this year. He has, yeah. He's yeah, not a power really. forward. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think Brendan Bailey's a power forward. Yeah, I um, think uh, yeah, I would describe them both as small forwards. Yeah, Brendan Bailey has a chance to be considered a power forward, but just because he's a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not believe that Brendan Bailey and Jamal Kane are the same weight, though. That does not feel accurate to me. Are they um, listed as the same weight? Yep, according to Kempom, they are, which I assume oh, he just pulls no. straight from. Yeah, they're both 200, according to Kempom. Um, I don't buy that. Jamal is. I don't either. Jamal is very skinny. Um, Quite skinny. The. So the ideal, I think, is Brendan Bailey on Memakalashvili and playing better. Because, God. <laughs> Kobe McEwen is is the headline story of who has been terrible for the last three weeks. But Brennan Bailey is not much further off and had yeah. benefits, frankly, benefits in that department from not being the guy who has the ball all the time. Yeah, like he might be terrible, but at least he's not trying to take shots from everyone like at least Kobe is. at least he doesn't look absolutely ridiculous when he dribbles uh, yeah i don't think i've seen a player look weirder when they dribble it's so yeah. weird he's Th- just this is good. he's a point guard and he carries the ball constantly yeah. and and like like does the weird head bob thing every time he has the ball it's, mm-hmm. it's it's very bizarre. Anyway, that's a brief Kobe rant. Um, the other thing about this game that does not excite me, this is a change of pace, is that I was hoping for a... to start Samir Torrance or Greg Elliott in this game. Um, Samirs, excuse me. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's realistic because I think Kobe McEwen for, like, actually decent reason, like, pretty okay, has done a pretty okay job this season on Miles Powell. And so I think Miles, Kobe McEwen is going to still play a lot because Miles Powell, because he's the one to guard Miles Powell. Um, Because I don't think Greg has been very good um, lately either. Not that it's a revelation that anyone that's not named Marcus has been very good, except for Jace. Um, but no, Greg Elliott, the, the coaching staff does not really trust Greg Elliott a ton. Um, so I think Kobe McEwen, I would favor a, um, a starting lineup that does not include Kobe McEwen in almost any circumstance, uh, in this, in this next game. And maybe the only circumstance is playing against Miles Powell because I think, Go ahead. A general thing about so a almost all of the reason that Marquette has been just struggling 
collapsing, if you will, has been a result of the defense. Yep. And I'm it's I'm still kind of working it out in my head, but a decent portion of the defensive struggles to me has been just the effort portion of it. And like I describe it as a coach can tell the players where to be, but there's also the gusto with which they move to different spaces that matters as well. And so I think about this when it comes to when I do my defensive uh, crowdsourcing project in the off season and looking at where each player may or may not be failing compared to last year. And I think about that effort hustle category. And I, I hate to be the old school type of guy who just looks at well, a, if couple they body, a couple body language things and tries to make observations based on that. But like they aren't putting their hands up and they aren't hustling. Like I, like, I don't know. Like I, again, I hate being the guy to say that, but to me, that portion is clear enough for me to be able to make that observation. And yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now with the defense. And so I don't know what lineup works best for that, but the guys that put in the most effort, I think should be the ones that are rewarded with the most minutes. Wofford has a player named Messiah Jones. They do, yeah. That's are you watching game. it too? No, I just opened up ESPN to see what the score was, and it's like that's the thing on the main page, and it gave me the last event in the game, and it said foul on Messiah Jones. And I was like, wow, what a great name. Yeah. Um, I think you're right, though, with the effort. Um, yeah. I don't – yeah, I want to yell at kids to try, but you're totally right. Jace Johnson's amazing, can I just say? Yeah, he's he's the one that's trying, so he Jace should Johnson, be the one every, getting minutes. Every college basketball team needs a Jace Johnson. They really do. And it's really good to have that kind of player on the team, especially when literally every other player on the roster is pl- performing – Size Marcus is performing below their function and mm-hmm. absolutely uh, choking in moments when one of them needs to stand up to step up. And Chase is just continuing to go about his business. I think Chase is going to be a pretty good uh, professional player. Obviously not in the National Basketball Association, um, mm-hmm. but uh, a guy who can just do that and get every rebound like he does very frequently is super valuable in any level of basketball. Mm-hmm. Cody yeah, McEwen, like um, Nathan Hoover, is shooting 29% from three this year. So yeah, imagine, remember when he, imagine Remember that. when he was over 40% to start off the year? Barely. I barely yeah. remember that. Yeah, that was, a, that was a thing. Remember his Purdue game? Yeah, I do remember that game. That game was great. He was great in that game. Fantastic um, game. Yeah. Uh, so that's actually a good illustration of what that Nathan Hoover would look like. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Kobe McEwen shot as much as Marcus Howard. Oof. That's well. That was kind of my worry for the like. It, 
like his production obviously has been like I was low on him to start the year. So you were, and boy, were you right? Was, you, you were not even you were you did not even scratch the surface with how low you were on him. Yeah, well, part of my worry was that he was going to take a bunch of shots from Marcus Howard in an inefficient way, and he hasn't been an uber high usage type of guy. Like he's definitely not stealing shots from Marcus that he should be taking, I don't think. But yeah, it's no, just no, been I mean, inefficient. The problem is he's adding no value. Correct. In, in, in any it's the value I expected, but at least the volume isn't as high as I expected. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, you know, Wojo saw that and went to Saimir. Um, for, yeah, he's been doing that more recently, so that's yeah. Decent, I guess. Uh, so just to circle back on this, the small lineup was Marcus Sakar, Jamal, Greg, so Saimir, mm-hmm. um, which very interesting. Yeah. Um, I, w- I mean, again, I would love to see that in more games, but this is objectively the type of game that you really can't have a small lineup in. Yep. See and I also think, I also think it would be encouraging to see a change in the starting lineup in this yeah. game. Although I, I've explained to you why Kobe McEwen doing a decent job against Miles Powell this season is possibly a reason that they won't do it and that I wouldn't hate it if they didn't do it. But yeah, I mean, I think as as much as we can see of the four dudes that have been coming off the bench all season, we can see as much as we can see of them going forward is, is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, Theo John, I think is fine. Um, but he hasn't been getting it done on defense. So I've been, I've, I haven't been totally unimpressed by him in this stretch, but uh, Brendan and Kobe going on the bench for long stretches is not something that I'm opposed to. And that's what Wojo did um, in the second half. So anyway, almost worked for him. I think I'm with you. I have a question for you. Go ahead. Uh, to get on to a little bit of a different topic. Um, sure. If and when Marquette gets bad out of the tournament, tournament in about the first round, who is your backup rooting interest? Um, this is not a long-term thing this year because they are not nearly as good as they were last year. But I, in, in, the, in the words of the Bernie Sanders meme, I am once again here to tell you about the value of the Virginia Cavaliers. Ooh, look at you um, sticking with them in hard times. And honestly, would not have would not have said that that would be the case again because my almost my entire rooting interest last year was tied up in Kyle Guy, who is mm-hmm. one of my one of my favorite recent college basketball players. Just is so great. Um, but I have I have fallen. Uh, deeply in love with Kihei Clark as a basketball player. Short um, king. Yeah. I mean, dude's like straight up five, five and is a, he is a big time college basketball player and he is a sophomore. Yeah. And, and him with Sam Hauser next year is going to be absolutely oh my God. It's going to be but nuts. Virginia is not a, um, it's not a long-term option either. So I believe I will be standing um, the Dayton Flyers this year. Most Go Dayton Flyers. Is that 
a theme song of theirs, or did you just make that up? That's what they chant. Oh, okay. At games or at tailgates or whatever. I know yeah. that because of the two people from Dayton that I know. Oh, see, I don't have any Dayton friends. Um, but I will say that um, I'm a big fan of uh, Obi Toppin. His uh, full name is Obert. That's it's not joke, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I we we, we can say his name is Obert. You could at least have gone for like Oberto or something for the beef jerky joke, but oh damn, I could have done that. Yeah, you're right. Um, the Obi Toppin is amazing, as is Jalen Crutcher, and I am just excited. This is a team that I am probably going to support um, financially and um, and uh, uh, spiritually in the NCAA tournament this year. I'm I'm a believer. Um, I yeah, I am, I am too. I do not think um, any team that is not the Kansas Jayhawks um, is a good mm-hmm. idea to to win the national championship. Um, but given that that is probably the opinion of a majority of experts, uh, Dayton is the team that I am on as a secondary team. Um, and I won't root for this team, but my tertiary team uh, in that regard is Michigan State. Um, Go Cassius Winston. I'm not a I'm not a fan of um, Michigan State's program. That you I don't like Izzo. Or anything to do with that team. Um, but I will say I am on board with them as as long as they remain in like the three line I am all about them uh, their value because I do think we did a huge overcorrection on them. Mm-hmm. And you, you may recall, you may or may not recall that Michigan state was picked to win the national championship by a lot of people in the preseason. Yeah. They were preseason number one by a long stretch. Cassius Wilson right. was supposed to be like the Cash, guy this year. He was, supposed to be Zion. was the player of the year. Uh, pick. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was supposed to be Zion. That's an exaggeration. Yeah, um, you're right. And Zion was not supposed to be Zion, you'll recall. So that's also, really yes. not an analogy. Um, but Cash Winston was the consensus national play of the year pick and will not be getting much consideration for that award in the end of things. But Michigan State has done a huge it's, – it's a huge overcorrection because Michigan State lost to Kentucky – they lost a bad game to Virginia Tech and then got beat pretty significantly by Duke in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Mm-hmm. And then everyone wrote them off completely. And then they struggled, they struggled in Big Ten play um, in January and February, which they literally always do. Every single year. Every single okay. year. Like Titus made a bit out of it on Titus and, or on their old podcast last year. Um, and now they've won six in a row, five in a row, mm-hmm. and they're back. And it's like people have done a massive swing to like writing them off. And so they're, they're my number one value because I think that they, I would take them to a final four in a, without a bracket, like they would be in my final four. And they're likely to be a three seed unless they win the Big Ten tournament, yeah. which they may do. But they will still be—they still be a two seed. And yeah, 
if you just made me take four teams to the final four, they would be in that. They would be my third team. Mm-hmm. They're not even my fourth team. I don't know who my fourth team is. Don't make me don't make me say that. Well, I'll uh, I'll quickly uh, advertise uh, my two uh, childhood teams. One of them uh, being the Kansas Jayhawks, and uh, I mean, yeah, these are kind of obvious picks for me. But Kansas has, in my opinion, the most fun defense that doesn't include just like a buttload of turnovers. Because if you're just like watch Marcus Garrett. Marcus Garrett someone. is awesome. He is a he is a spectacular defender, like pristine in every way. He's very He's good amazing. It just sucks that he has no jump shot or really offensive skill beyond distri- distribution at all. Because God, he could legitimately be player of the year next year if he develops offensive skill. Um, and then Yudokas Buke is just a complete force inside like he he causes people to like back away into the mid-range whenever he's on the court and just the whole team defense is amazing to watch you haven't even you haven't even mentioned the player that is the number one player of the year on ken palm in this That's right devon devon dotson is like the anchor of everything and he's an incredible distributor and he he'd be racking up a lot more assists if the players on his team could actually shoot they have yeah, kind a, of, they have a very very perfect roster, except for shooters. That's right, they have one dude like shoots decent threes, and it's Brown, and he doesn't shoot much. Is it, wait, is it Brown? It's actually it's Brown. Yeah, it is Brown, Brown. Brown. Right. Yeah. That's and, so Brown. Yeah, I I definitely like him. He's gonna be very annoying to the nation when he's a senior. But yeah, you've mentioned guys like Ochai Baji and Tristan and Aruna, like they were supposed to oh, be wait. kind of those. Is D'Souza back for the for the tournament? He yeah, I believe he'll be officially eligible for the tournament if not. I mean, there already. You go. but he's he's not going to play. It's yeah, Bill probably. Self has kind of gone with uh, Azubuke and Dave McCormack in the five spot, and I don't think he's going with the two bigs anymore. That didn't really work out much at first. Um, and then Wichita State, they were kind of a bubble team. Uh, they got a big win against Tulsa. They've got guards that mostly suck, but sometimes light it up, like Eric Stevenson, Dexter are Dennis. They the, are they in the field? I think they are. Oh, the they're, they look really bubbly on Bracket Matrix. They are very bubbly. Um, so I they need to they really could, not mess it up. I think if they lose in the first round of the AAC, they end up in Dayton, but I do think that they're safely in because I don't think there's a whole lot of bid thieves left unless uh, like how's Wofford wins the ACC tournament how's Wofford, Wofford is down by 12 at the under four timeout all right so there's one that's not going to happen correct there's, although uh, speaking of games that we are watching yes get into it do it so yes we, don't we we need to talk okay We've buried the lead long enough. Uh, everyone just stop paying attention to the men's team. I was going to say, it's a, it's a great time for market basketball. It is a fantastic time for the best coach long, in the Big East. As long as you don't, Megan Duffy. 
As long as you don't specify the gender of Marquette basketball, it's a great time for Marquette basketball. It's a fantastic time for Marquette basketball. Unfortunately, as I watch this right now, the women's team is down by 12 to DePaul at halftime. Mm. But luckily, this is not a hashtag don't lose to DePaul situation because Paul's this is good. the fourth straight year that Marquette and DePaul have played in the Big East Championship. Fun yeah. fact. Um, DePaul is just like, they just swarm you on defense. Like, it's all turnovers all the time. Like, I think we got, like, 13 turnovers in the first half, Marquette did. And DePaul took care of the ball pretty well. So that's kind of the difference right now. Um, But we did steal our tournament fate, I think, last week because we had lost to Villanova, which was a tough game to lose. But... Uh, we followed that up with a win against Georgetown and a massive home win against DePaul, in which we were up, I think, 22 early in the fourth quarter, and that got whittled down to an eight-point lead, I believe, because of the way that DePaul defends. Um, but still, we were able to pull it out. It was not an epic collapse that we are used to in the men's team, and given their performance in the Big East tournament up to this point, I think that we are safely into the tournament. I'm not as in tune with the women's bracketology as I am with the men's, admittedly. But well, I saw something that we were, that they were semi on the bubble. Yeah, um, at one point I, we were in like the first four. Yeah, yeah something like I, that. I believe that as a result of them taking care of business to this point, they are probably a, they are probably fine. Yeah, I think so. And Megan Duffy just won Big East Coach of the Year, I believe. Deserved. Yeah, good for her. Absolutely. What a great first like, year. Like, like, it's legitimately exciting given what she's been able to do with uh, the left of roster. It was a good amount of retainage. Uh, there's a good freshman starter, Jordan King. Um, I don't know. It's... Like, given the progress that we made with Krieger at the helm, like, uh-huh. I don't see any reason for that to not continue. So, watch the women's team. They're actually them. good. They, they have more interesting postseason prospects. Yeah. So, um, shout out to them. Hopefully, they can get a comeback against DePaul. But if not, that's okay. Still getting upset in the tournament. Brief Milwaukee basketball tangent. Um Thanasis Antetokounmpo is starting for the Bucks tonight. How about that? It's very strange. I didn't know he was on the Bucks roster. I'm admittedly not an NBA guy. Was that the one who was on Dayton's roster a couple years ago? Mm, that was Kostas. He's on oh, yeah. the... Oh, gosh. He's kind of bounced around. He was on the Lakers. That was definitely Kostas. Thanasis was the one that got drafted by the Knicks D-League team after Giannis got into the league. Mm-hmm. Costas plays on a two-way with the Lakers. Well, good for him. Okay. Um, I think we can wrap up here. Um, we will likely come to you um, in the early part of next week. Um, regarding... I will be in New York, and yeah. I will likely be at the Seton Hall game. I... Did not mention that. Actually, I think yes. I did in the last pod, but uh, I don't want to go. 
Well, I want to go, but like, but I, you don't. I understand. Yeah. See, okay. you I'm, you, I'm you are still you are still carrying the um the attitude of Marquette has any sort of expectations. I am free of that, and therefore am very intrigued to watch them try to go super on a small team that is kind of you know Marquette Marquette has nothing to lose. Seton Hall has quite a bit um, of expectations heaped on them, and they were well on their way to a Big East title um, that they then had to share with Creighton and Villanova as a result of a bit of a swoon they've been on lately. So I am very intrigued um, by that game, and I will remain optimistic in the sense that it there's absolutely nothing to lose. I'll, I'll hope for that type of optimism. I am hoping for about 75 points from Marcus Howard. No. I so just, just every single time, just let him shoot. I, absolutely. It's, it, 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 it's his time to shine. Who, like he's, who else got, for? he's got a couple games left. So also just, get the ball out of Kobe McEwen's hands. This doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care. We'll give him the ball. Screw it. Suit Camerata back up again. Let him shoot. Tommy Gardner at the point. Ooh. All right, we're spiraling. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten to Tommy Gardner at the point in the podcast. It's it's it's. Time Bring back stop. Wally Ellenson. <laughs> Dylan Flood. The floodgates are open. <laughs> uh, all right, let's. It's, it's over. Don't don't have a coronary, Marquette fans. 